You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. I appreciate Aisha for sharing her God experience. Aisha, well done. Thank you so much. Um, I think I had the privilege of doing Aisha's... I did the wedding, yeah? In Joss. All right, yeah. So I'm, I'm, just to let you know, I'm available for out-of-town weddings. <laughs> What is nice, and what is, oh my goodness, I have to forget, but what is nice about this, so we get on the plane, okay, uh, to Joss, I think some couple of guys from Damala's office, and I, I think it was, but I, I didn't know whether to introduce myself to them as a pastor or not, but I didn't, just fine. So I think they just thought I was one of the guys going for the wedding, you know, but it was good conversation. So you can imagine your faces on the morning when they now... <laughs> see me going, I think they're like, what did we say? Did we say, what did I say? You know, what did I say? And all that stuff. But yeah, um, but I'm available if you want to get married outside of the city. You're ashamed of people in Lagos. You don't want your ex-girlfriends to find you. That's fine. I'm very okay to do that, okay? Um, um, this weekend at LivePoint, we have two things I need to mention. Uh, Josh, who is our... What? Hey, how are you? Who are you? <laughs> hi. No, it's okay. It's okay. No, you can stay, but just... Uh, hi. All right. <laughs> it's a bit shocking. Normally, it's either Josh or Nat, or maybe Fallaby, if both of them are upset. But this is... Hi. <laughs> All right. Uh, Josh, who normally is here, uh, has this wonderful band, and they have a program on Friday. Oh, that's it. Yeah? Uh, Jesus Club. And it promises to be fantastic, and we have the privilege of... It's happening here at 6 p.m. Uh, so please do come. Um... I, it's going to be a fantastic time in God's presence um, and they have a couple of I will mention in the announcements some more details about it uh, do we have to pay? it's free? it's free guys so yeah even better alright um, and then on Saturday we have um, called out music uh, who is uh, a fascinating gospel artist um, and he's here um, again um, hosting a concert so it's a beautiful evening so you don't have that thing about you are home this weekend saying ah, I don't have anything to do and stuff like that and we didn't expect that when you come on Sunday you've been worshipping God Friday Saturday and Sunday will be an explosion alright uh, one thing that is extremely important about today's service is very dear to our heart as a church uh, it's something we call the love closet and it's about us as a church meeting each other's needs. And so what's happened for this very first edition is that as you go out later in the service today, you would find a collection of things that people at LifePoint, these are things which are brand new, almost never used. And there's a slight range of things. I stopped by there this morning, got myself a nice small Bluetooth speaker. All right. Now, most of the things are free. So, and I promise most of the things are free and everything that's not free there was even a huge sofa there uh, I don't know if there's a, all of that is there and so we want people to take them home right there's the, yeah. but you can't it's open after service <laughs> after service alright um, and this is every church that gives grows right and so this is a call so when you go there and God lays it in your heart drop your car put your keys there <laughs> I'm, and I'm serious. I'm serious. He says, drop, give your watches, 
Some of us have five watches, ten watches. You only need one or two. All right? Some of us ladies have shoes we have not worn in years, brand new shoes. Right? Or that dress you wore once. Or the one you're waiting to wear prophetically. Because, you, yeah, I know, I know how you say It's not my size yet, but it's a nice dress. <laughs> right, but uh, it promises to be a fantastic. So all the proceeds, anything we get in money, we will put that towards our care initiatives. So I'll ask you to please stop by the couple of books. It's a brilliant initiative and we'll do it over and over again. I thank everyone who has given towards that, okay? All right. Um, I just also want to remind us that LifePoint is very much is a mission post of the Elevation Church. All right, the Elevation Church is pastored by Pastor Godman and Bola Rewa and Kilabi. Uh, and the Elevation Church has a couple of expressions. If you go further down the expressway, you would find this huge dome-like structure which we call the Island Church. At Maryland, in the Kerja, there's the Mainland Church. Uh, further down, as if you're going to a bed, there's an expression which we call Greater Leki. Uh, just last Sunday, we opened one in Ikorodu. Um, about three, four months ago, we opened one um, in Canada, um, you know, which I did try very hard to get posted to, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, no, not abandoned. I'm just gonna make a way. <laughs> but yeah, but uh, I, I have hopes for. I have my eyes on London. Uh, I know my way around that city. Um, but I mentioned this to you so you know you are part of a bigger family. And that if you're ever on social media, please do stop by on Pastor Godman's page and thank him. Um, just love on him, send him a message. Because the very much the graciousness with which the pastor, me, pastor us as a church, allows us to do ministry, allows us to do life point, okay? Let's, let's celebrate our pastors, Pastor Godman. Even in their absence, I think it's, it's important that we do that. All right. Um, all right, yes, I can now preach. Okay. Um, Help me ask the person next to you, how are you doing? Uh, just take one minute in conversation. This is church. You know, why would you ignore us? How are you doing? Why are you wearing this, uh, <laughs> this jacket today? Did the Holy Spirit tell you to do that? Have you come here before? Are you like me? Did you come and look for a girl? You know, <laughs> is it the same girl we're looking for? You know, are you Christian? You feel the Holy Spirit? Are you baptized in the Holy Ghost? Do you have something you would like me to pray? Why are you not talking to anybody? <laughs> oh, you're talking to the Holy Spirit. God bless. Where's Chine who normally helps me sing my Igbo songs? All right, but we're not singing. No, no, we're not singing. But I'd like you to just take their hands if you don't mind. Hold your hands. Yes, hold your hands. Some of you are like, ah, I don't like people holding my hands. Sorry. Hold their hands <laughs> and just say prayer over their lives. Pray over God's purpose over their lives, declaring that that purpose will be fulfilled in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our Lord Jesus Christ says, says according to the volume of books that are written, I have come. Pray that that which God has written concerning the one whose hands you're holding will come to pass in the name of the Lord Jesus. So Apostle Paul says in Ephesians chapter 1 that we're praying for enlightenment over your spirit, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. He says that you may know the hope to which you have been called. Would you please pray this morning that they will know the hope to which they have been called. But their calling will make them hopeful. There's somebody whose hands you're holding, who doesn't really know, they're confused about life, about destiny. Would you pray over their lives? 
declaring that God will cause them to come into seasons of revelation, seasons of discovery in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Would you pray that God will meet them at the point of their need? Would you pray that God will meet them at the point of his calling? Would you pray that in this service today they will hear God for themselves? In the name of the Lord Jesus, they will hear God for themselves. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Our Father, we thank you. We ask you, Lord, that you will do a work in us and through us today uh, that has always been in your heart. Let no one live here the same. Lord, we, we banish fear. We, we banish sickness, uh, hatred. We, we, we speak love over your people, over our lives. We give you thanks, Lord, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Tell the person, thank you for praying for me. Caleb, if you come help me take this off. Where's Caleb? Where's Caleb? Has it gone on? But I want you to give it to Caleb. No, give it to Caleb. All right. Thank you so much. All right. But why is Caleb not here? Is he talking to a girl outside? <laughs> okay. okay. Fantastic. All right. Um, all right. So... I, I, so you play so just play as the Holy Spirit moves you Christian songs <laughs> alright so if I, maybe if I'm talking about the blood of Jesus you start to play I have to be fast on that but like I said I get to the point of the message I start to talk about oh, the blood of Jesus then you start to play I, I don't know that one but it's fine okay <laughs> okay and if I play if I'm talking about the Holy Spirit you would play you're helping him. It's fine. It's going to help him. <laughs> All right. You, so you get the idea. And then you see how they do it in American mood, like with churches. They like, you know, that kind of... All right. Okay. All right. Let's do this. Good, 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 good. So Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. The Bible says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. I said last Sunday that I believe that God has been impressing on my heart a message for for men uh, but, but why didn't we then preach it at a men's meeting uh, because I also believe that there's also a message for women and I believe because some of the things we will talk about today are things which are as a result of Jesus' work on the cross it applies across gender however I sense that God will have me speak to men today about some one or two things nothing you know nothing nothing that you might not have heard of before um, as you can tell, guys, I'm a man. Um, um, yes, I am a man. Um, and I, 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 I know that there's a tension that comes from being a Christian man in today's world. I know it. I know we say it's a man's world, but it's not a lot of men who feel like that. Right? Uh, men have to deal with uh, a number of peculiar issues. All right? Um, and I'll try as we talk today to speak to one or two of them as the Holy Spirit will help me. Bible says here that God creates man in his own image, but he creates male and female. 
that difference was not the thought or the design of a human being. It was the design of God. God creates gender on purpose and because he has wisdom, because he is God, he creates male and female intentionally. Understanding that is important as we explore different things in life. Now, that difference does not imply either superiority or inferiority. It doesn't. The devil is a sponsor of confusion. And you know, so he says to Jesus, uh, he says, look, what did God say? Because the devil will constantly engage with mankind in conversations that will try to distort what God said. What God intended. If you have a coin, there are two different sides to the coin. But rarely is it easy to determine which is more important. In fact, when Paul speaks about the body of Christ, he uses the analogy of the human body. And he begins to say, guys, when you talk about importance, right? He says, that is tricky. Yeah. He says, everything is not the eye. Everything is not the ear. And so difference in itself is a powerful thing. And yet it doesn't necessarily mean that one is better than the other. But we must be very comfortable as a people that follow God to appreciate difference, to celebrate it, and to understand the purpose of difference. Right? Because it says everybody now wants to be the eyes and everybody wants to be the ears. And it's interesting how that the things which people typically want to be the most prominent things are not always the most important things. Right? Because when we ask you what are the most important things in your body, the likelihood for some of us is that the first thought are the things that we can see. So our ears, our hair, you know. Yeah, I just move on. Our hair and stuff like that. But the truth is you can do life, as most some of the guys are finding out, without any hair. <laughs> Comfortably. In fact, if you, if you do it properly, put oil on it, you think it's a fashion choice. But there are things you have never seen Hidden way, if you don't want to ever see them, hidden in the in the backside of your human body, covered by all sorts of things, and thus to the unlearned you might call insignificant but extremely powerful. You have never seen your kidneys; you should not. Liver, you don't want to see the heart. But it's unlikely that you can do well if we take any of those things then just borrow your, your heart for a day. But difference is important. I hope that, uh, you know, it's, oh, if we look at a car, and I'm going to speak to some things in parables, some I'll speak directly, but uh, I'm just going to try. If you look at a car, what is the most important part of a car? This what? The engine, not the steering. But the steering determines where the car goes. Oh no, the steering, the steering determines where the car goes. So the steering must be most important. Or the lights. The Bible says that God creates man in his own image. In 
the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And yet, when, uh, when man falls, and God begins to speak to man about the implications of the fall, at some point in the conversation, he talks to the male man differently from the female. And for me, I think that that begins to hint to certain vulnerabilities. He says to them, in my view, look, guys, this is where I think this is going to, this is for you in particular, this might be an issue. And I think part of that gives you an impression about how God creates the male man and the female man. In Genesis chapter 3, for the man, he says, and to Adam, he says, because you heeded the words or the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I've commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Causes the ground for your sake. In toil, you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and tissues shall bring out for you. And you shall eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken from dust you are and to dust you shall return. It speaks to the woman about fruitfulness and productivity, especially about childbirth. <laughs> Guys, uh, so you know that bearing children is not the same thing as raising children? Uh, next week, I hope, Holy Spirit helping me, that I will talk about the kind of roles that, uh, I, roles, uh, uh, that I think, you know, it's interesting that we can see from Scripture, before marriage, in marriage, that, that kind of conversation. But, it's amusing how we're in a world where people think that a woman's job, role, is to take care of children. But when you look at scripture and God requiring how children have turned out from parents, he's talking a lot of times to men. When he talks about Abraham, he says, I know he will teach his children properly. When Eli's sons go rogue, he's talking to Eli. So while God recognizes that women have an amazing calling the sacred, powerful calling when it comes to bringing forth. Yet he does not say that men are not responsible in raising children. While he speaks to man about work, scripture is clear that God does not say, you read Proverbs chapter 31, you find a businesswoman. Next week we'll talk about this whole concept of competition and and complimenting each other. But today, I wanted to just start this conversation by saying, we, we have a generation of men who are in trouble. Yep, I say that boldly. I also have a son. My son is going to be 14 this year. And I'm someone's son. <laughs> so, with, with women... And I, and I say this very respectfully. I, I think women have a, some, some advantages. I'll tell you why. Some advantages. As a woman grows, yeah, this is what we hear. It didn't happen to me, Sister Douglas, but you can correct me. Sometime around uh, maybe 12, 13, or th things start to change, right? And then you start having this, um, what's the PC word? Those things that happen every month. Right, those ones, yeah. <laughs> yes, that require 
someone to explain what is happening to you. In fact, it is, it, you, you kind of know, you've heard about it. It is, not, it is almost like a very clear declaration over your life that, look, things are changing. You're no longer just a girl anymore. In fact, when I was growing up, once a woman started having a period, they would call her aside and say, hey, you see, be playing with them. If a boy touches you, not bad like this, touch. You become pregnant. I'm warning you, I'm warning you. <laughs> but it is just that transition and she's like, oh my goodness, I'm actually becoming a woman. And so certain conversations happen. I know it's not all the time that the conversations but certain conversations happen. Sometimes I think this is why they say girls mature quicker than guys. Because on the other hand, the young man is growing up. There are certain physical changes, but I assure you, there is no conversation happening anywhere. Zero conversation. If I went to go to his dad, I said, Dad, I now have hair wear. Shut up, what hair wear? <laughs> what kind of... What kind of... What kind of boy... What? <laughs> and I realized that, so... With young men, they do not even have the benefit of any conversations. And if your father called you when you were younger and had a conversation with you, that is amazing. And so we find people who are growing, men who are growing, and are not sure when this transition between being a boy and being a man happens. Is it when my is it when I now have beards? When, when is it? When do I become a man? <laughs> is it when I can drink alcohol? <laughs> As I prepared for this, you know, I began to, for weeks, I've been, it just, it's God began to remind me about something called a proclamation. In fact, in African tradition, young men at a particular age would go through different rites of passage. So when you were like 13 or so, they would take all of you, your age group, they would take you to the forest. Nobody really knows what happens there. But the whole point was to try and get the men to a place where they became aware of a transition that was happening in their lives. And they will bring them back, you know, make them dance around the village naked and say, oh, we're not men, we're not men, and all stuff like that. Even in Jewish tradition, at some point they would bring the men out, young men, and their father would make a declaration over him. I began to realize that in our day today, we have men boys transiting, transiting into men who have no conversation over their lives, no proclamation over their lives. <sighs> Even with Jesus, God sends John the Baptist ahead of him. Essentially, John the Baptist spends his life shouting about Jesus. And so you have men who nobody has said anything about. Men who do not know when the season changed. And I, and, I, and I know why this, this is important because for me, there's, if, you've, if you've ever 
gotten into the cockpit of a plane before, one feeling that hits you is confusion. Because you see equipment that you do not really know how to use. Some of you say you can drive, I can drive, OPI, I can drive. Rolly was saying to us the other day, I can drive, I can drive, I can drive. But if you do not really know how to drive a car and you're given a car, you do what you think people have done before you. You move something here. And when the car starts to move, <laughs> you move the steering. I mean, if you drive a car, you know, put driving a car in reverse is easier when you see it than when you're doing it. So when, when we're in the car park <laughs> every morning, and we see some of you guys, and they're telling you, reverse. <laughs> At some point, if the guy says reverse, you go like, you guys, excuse me, can I help you, please? <laughs> Service is almost over, you know. But I'm speaking today specifically, and I'm asking women, would you please, would you please go through this sermon by faith? Because I'm speaking to women who, for some of us, you know, will have sons. For some of us, will have husbands. Some of us already have brothers. So you understand the peculiarity of what is happening in the lives of your brothers, of your fathers, of your sons. Proclamations. In fact, one scripture that I, I never forget is a conversation that Nabal, a, a man, wealthy man, sends to David. In 1 Samuel chapter 25, verse 10 to 11, David has sent to the man, can you help us? And the man sends to David a message. 1 Samuel 25, he says, who is David and who is the son of Jesse? There are many servants nowadays who break away each one from his master. Shall I then take my bread and my water and my meat that I have killed from my sharers and give it to men who when I do not know where they are from. No point of reference. So, and David gets upset. Men with no point of reference. Men with no, it's who are trying to figure it out all over again. People who are not even sure if I'm now a man. It's interesting in our climbs that men are raised, I don't know why we do this, to be tough. The challenge is that most of that training for toughness is an attack on the very confidence of a man. And so if I've heard anything in the last couple of years as I pastored was the seemingly lack of confidence in men as they approach life. In Bible days, the men will stand up and say, this is my son. We've trained him, he's received counsel, he's still receiving counsel, but this is my son. I am proud to present him to you guys. Even in Africa, they will do it. And I realize that the voices of our fathers are extremely important to us. I, I realize that there are men who are still, even though upset with their fathers, waiting for their father's approval. With Jesus, 
Bible says two things happen to him. One thing happens to him a couple of times. His baptism, he shows up before John and then a voice comes from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. A proclamation. Saying, guys, just in case you were confused about who he is, just in case you have put a tag upon him to say we don't know his father his mother conceived him in sin blah 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 he says this is my beloved son as a proclamation over his life in fact it happens over again at the transfiguration the bible says in matthew 17 and at while verse 5 while he was still speaking behold a bright cloud overshadowed him and suddenly a voice comes out of the cloud saying this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased, hear him. And I need to speak, I need to speak to that man today who has no covering over his life. No, he's struggling for confidence because he's really in a world of billions of people trying to put things together. He's trying to become, he has, there is, and God was saying to me, look, guys that for some of us there are relationships with our earthly fathers which may not be restored to the place that we want them to may not be he says but would you in Christ Jesus hear the proclamations that I am making over your life that would you let me the same way I've spoken over Jesus would you let me speak over you saying this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Because I know that a father's approval means a lot to him. But God says while that might not come young man. He says would you accept my approval. It's interesting that that proclamation comes over Jesus even before Jesus starts ministry, he hadn't done anything yet. He hadn't built a house. He hadn't gone to school. He hadn't done anything yet. But I say that being born again is a big deal for men. Being born again, guys, is a big deal. But men who would first receive love from God, talking on Wednesday, before they try to love people. Men who, like Jesus, will wake up and hear God saying, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. This is my son in whom I'm well If I was preparing for the road to note that, that for someone you feel a man, you feel like an orphan. One of the prayers I have in my heart today is that men in our church, men in our generation will stop fighting battles that they really do not have to fight. Because so many men spend time, effort, trying to prove that they are men. Would you accept God's proclamation over you? 
In fact, would you as a man help to proclaim other men? Because I think in women, again, are very powerful because they sometimes understand the power of community. But as part of trying to prove that we are men, we stay isolated and thus vulnerable. As I progress in this message, one of the prayers I have is that women will also stop in, in the man bashing. That's what I call it. That if there's someone here who is a mother, that you would send your son, your children, but please just understand today, that you would send your son a message that he would see when he wakes up in the morning. That a wife would give her husband a nickname that when people hear you call him, Sarah gave her husband, would call her husband a name and people would take a double look. Who are you talking about? That you would let God inspire you to make proclamations over the men in your life. I know they act all cool. Like they have it together, they are fine. They speak in a baritone even though their real voice is a falsetto. They pretend they like sports. And they tell, but would you make proclamations over their lives? That would you look at the men around you and look at them in the eyes and say to them, you are a great man. Would you say to your brother, would you say to the this chap who is a great friend of your cousin, would you say that, look, you are going to be great in life? Would you say you are blessed and highly favored? Would you say you are carrying an anointing? You are carrying the grace of God upon your life. Would you say to them, look, it doesn't matter what you see on the outside, you are a fighter. You are not of those that give up. That you are brave. Would you say, look, come, you are created peculiar. You are handsome. I know it may not, it may not appear yet. <laughs> but oh yes, because there's some levels of beauty that come with age. I'm telling you because when we were in secondary school, we taught people we're ugly. Oh my goodness, but wait for a couple of years. And you're like, my God. Would you look at a man? Because there are proclamations that need to happen, guys. So Bible says that Sarah would call Abraham Lord. But yet Sarah was the one who told Abraham what to do. Go and marry. Hey, told him when to get a side chick. Told him when she realized that a side chick was a bad idea. Told him when to send the child of the side chick away. Abraham said, everything you say is fine, it's fine. But yet she would look at him and say, Lord Abraham. She was making proclamations, guys. Guys, would you look at another guy? It is not a bad thing. Tell him, look, you are a good man. I see you following God. You are a good man. I see you loving Jesus. You are a blessed man. You're going to do well. Guys, do not encourage guys. They discuss sports, politics, things that do not concern them. 
But would you look at Falabi and say, Falabi, you are going to make it in life. Yeah. And yes, you will blow right in there in the name of Jesus. Falabi, you are a good man. I see how you are not sleeping around. I know it's not easy. I see your body shaking when they hug you. But Falabi, we're in this together. We're in this together. And I tell you guys, when you end the message, write it at the end. Sign it off. Lots of love. Yes. Some of you were never told I love you by your fathers. Guys, would you look around for another guy and tell him I love you very much. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I know it sounds awkward, but tell them I love you very much. If I look for a guy, if you, I don't care whether you're a lady or a man, look for a guy around you, tell them you have greatness within you. You have greatness within you. But you would hear the proclamations of God saying, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. This is my son in whom I am well pleased. Jesus had not done anything yet. He hadn't healed anybody. He hadn't gone to the cross. And so God is saying, guys, I know that there are vacancies in your experience with your fathers. He says, but would you let me be your father? And so while men try to figure all this out, they start to look for tokens of manhood. The evidence of being a man. The baritone, the beard, bikes, biceps. You are in the gym. It's not coming at three months. Don't you understand? This is not your calling. You've carried weights, weights that are bigger than you. You've carried the money. Nothing has come out. <laughs> You're even losing weight now. <laughs> My first car. My first million. My first house. Is it so why guys, when they gather, they would compare themselves? Not overtly, not, no, we know that to be petty. We don't do that. You say, oh my, I was just servicing my BMW yesterday. Say, ah, nice. Say, my Range Rover gives me problems. <laughs> like I say, yes, ah, really, I would have just bought it, but my Bentley, my Bentley is good. Now you are there, you don't have a bicycle, and, and then you lie. I, <laughs> I cannot be left out. Uh, I don't believe in cars. I, 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 <laughs> I like walking. <laughs> because you cannot be left out. How, how dare you? Which is why we only support clubs that, 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 that will win. There are 18, oh, I don't know how many clubs in the Premier League, which is foreign, but it's fine. But we only support top five. We will never support a club because we like it. So we look for things to measure. And guys will then look for his tokens of man who would say, look, what are the things that can prove that I'm a man? It's sad because sometimes guys then start measuring who they've slept with. I pray that God gives me permission and ability to speak about women in, in a couple of next week or two. Because I think you will never see a woman the same way again. Never. 
You will never underestimate a woman. You will never think of a woman as a commodity or as a you will never. Prepare for this. Oh God, God put my hand up. Men are struggling with measurements set by people they do not know. When did we all start growing beards? I don't, Ten years ago, you had beards, wasn't a thing. But suddenly, we just realized, hey, this is, this is it. Oh. So we got everything. Beard oil, red little spirit, palm oil. <laughs> you know how I struggled for my beards to come out? And I realized that neither the things that I have, nor the things that I do not have, are supposed to determine my sense of self-worth. Because like Jesus, that conversation where the devil will come and say, if you are the son of God, why don't you do this? Men face those conversations on a daily basis. That if you are a real man, you can do so and so. If you are a real man, you can do this. If you are a real man, you can buy me a Ferrari and put my name on it. Nobody in his house has ever driven a Ferrari. If you are a real man, you will sleep with me, Joseph. And, I, and I, I need to push this, guys. If you're a real man, oh, you can last all night. Because I get these messages, emails. I, I don't know what you guys are talking about. So there are guys who have not had sex yet, but already believe that, ha, I cannot do three hours of sex, then I'm not a real man. Well, you better disabuse your mind of all that nonsense. No, it's true. And, and, and so it says church on Sunday morning, I apologize, but... Because he goes into the bedroom. Oh, oh my goodness, how do we get here? Okay. <laughs> but he goes there already. There's a marking scheme in his head. Real men, five hours. Real men, five hours. But your confidence as a man will rise beyond a whisper. I don't know who God is saying, would you let me proclaim, speak over your life, Father, you, would you let me, God, It was a call, that whole call is a call to responsibility. God began to say to me how that that for men when he he, he tells them about the effect of sin on their sense of fulfillment he says guys do you understand that <laughs> because you cannot bear children and it's amazing and God helping me we will talk about it because sometimes we've taken that which is most important and we've, we've contrived to make it look little. He says, but you, when it comes to being fruitful, being fulfilled in life, will always want to grow something. And he says, guy, you would have issues doing this. I sense that for men, there's a call to grow in something. That when we become born again, and I explain in a second, that God begins to say, look, would you grow something? Would you grow your mind? Would you grow skills? By my help. Would you grow abilities? 
would you grow your knowledge? That would you grow the fruit of the Spirit, guys? Because what happens is that the effort that should be spent into growing things by the grace of God is being spent trying to measure up to what people say a man is. And so you then find men with no appetite for the spiritual. I have never found the book called The Prayer or The Power of a Praying Man. I have never seen it written. But I believe that there's a generation that can change that. I've resolved that in the lives of my children, they will know that I pray. And so sometimes I pray loudly in front of them. Sometimes I send them the prayer. So they will not be able to say, my, my, my mother, my mother, their mother prays. So. But that is my mother's prayer, my mother's prayer that brought me a no. We're taking that together. <laughs> ah, no, 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 no. We're taking it together. So I find that men seem to be distracted because we're trying to be men. And I pastor, so I know this, but too many young men are behind in their appetite for God. Too many. And so when even men come into church, into God's kingdom, looking for work, it's amazing how many times we're looking for positions and ranks. And God is speaking about fruitfulness. I tell you this, and I've observed this for a little while, and it, it's that there is an aberration in our society over the last couple of years, we haven't spoken about it, where men are trying hard to make money quickly. How many, how many women have you found caught for internet fraud? There exist. There are a number of them who do it very well. But there are loads of young men in our city today who are trying very hard to become wealthy fraudulently. There's, it's like academies. It's, like it's a whole movement. And guys, we have, to, we have to speak up and say, guys, this is, there's a way in God it might be longer it is definitely longer. That's the truth. But it is true. It is sure. A couple of months, a year ago, I think I was preaching something here and I said that with the Holy Spirit upon you, with the ability of God upon you, given the right amount of time and determination under the guidance of God, there is nothing you want to be in life that you cannot be. And I'm serious about it. If you said to me, I feel God's call to, to, uh, to, to produce a movie. If you, if you allow the Holy Spirit help you, it cannot take you five years. It might even take, it might take you seven years. But there are young men who need to reprioritize things totally. This is important. Next week when I talk about roles, one thing that I'm going to say that I found with men is that God gives the women not just the ability to be fruitful as mothers, but also the ability to work. And so the, the men are, are then threatened because 
this whole concept of being a breadwinner is no longer there. Yeah. It's no longer what it used to be. Because when you bring bread home, then suddenly the woman is bringing a hamburger, sandwiches, <laughs> and then the guy, oh, well, this is all I had. <laughs> so you have men who cannot marry until they've made plenty of money. And, and they want to marry, so then they say, I, mean, I can't do this. Say, what? say what? build a company. How long did it take? 10 years. That's not it. God is calling you to build something in education. And what you realize is going to take 20 years. You say, Lord, I can't wait for 20 years. Because the measurements you have for yourself as a man are such that do not allow you to do things over a long term. So I sense that God is calling men to a new dimension of fulfillment. He says in John chapter 4, he says that my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish it. He says that's what makes me fulfilled. In fact, one day, that conversation that God has with Adam, Jesus sees it playing out. He shows up um, in Luke chapter 5, and he's having a conversation with Simon. He says, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. That is exactly what God was pointing out to Adam. Because he says, we have empty nets. And I, and I know this, that there are men with empty nets. No ability to produce anything of worth. He says, we've toiled all night. Our nets are empty. Our pockets are empty. We don't have anything to take back home. And then Jesus says, this, this, we've toiled all night and caught enough. He says, nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish. And their net was breaking. And so they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When you read through scripture, you find that this was a pattern of God telling people, but look, if you pay attention to my work, because this whole thing about Jesus giving them a catch that was more than Good guy. <laughs> that was more than what they could naturally produce. That was bigger than the frustration of, I don't have a job. I have tried, I've applied everywhere. He says there's a way to do it. He says that if you would let me, if you would serve me, this is more than serving in church. It includes that, but it is about saying, God, what do you want me to do on the earth? But men will realize that God is calling them to be fruitful, to be fruitful in the spirit. I don't see enough men desiring to be full of the Holy Spirit. When I was prepared for this, I, I had to restrain myself from texting all the guys I know. But I still texted a couple. Because I, I know that you are struggling because you want to make it. And God is saying, hey, hey, 
would you please not invest in frustration would you please pay the kingdom some work when you read John chapter 21 after Jesus' resurrection again they have caught nothing all night it is when Jesus says to them cast your nets on the other side they do it and there's a massive cast. they realize this is Jesus so they had come to the place where they realized that this is how God works that beyond just human struggle and effort, that he has ways of showing us how to come into abundance, but that as we serve him, as we give our lives to a higher calling of fulfillment, that we will have men in our generation who will refuse to be drug pushers. Because, guys, I understand that if you, if you sell drugs, you can make money quick, but that is not the work of God on the earth. You are killing people. You are. I realize that there are a thousand and one ways to make money quick. But that God will, that there's a man who will say, God, between you and I, this is 10 years. This is 15 years. I don't know if there are also women who would not who would put pressure first on the work of a man with God before they ask him for money. I'm not even sure why they should ask him for money. Because that conversation creates this transactional relationship where men give women money and they ask for sex. Doesn't make any sense. It's not the order of God. Let me land this. I sense that men, yeah, good. I sense that men will have to have plans that are long-term enough to accommodate what God is doing on the earth. I believe there's stuff we need to learn from women, guys. When a woman is, and I, and I make reference to this because one of the things I'll say in two or three weeks when I, God gives me the grace to talk about women is that we need to we need to we need to understand the power of childbirth that when a woman carries a stranger in her belly for nine months somebody she has never seen before sometimes she doesn't know how many they are she lends patience so you say I want to a guy I want to learn coding today three months you stay you stop you're not, no longer want to learn coding now you say I'm a, I feel I'm a music producer you do dreadlocks and then you hang around at night in people's studio smoking weed you do that for six months you say no I'm now into uh, 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 what do you call the other word I'm now into oh yes uh, what's this oh it is come on uh, trading money in, you know uh, bitcoin bitcoin you, you do that you know you do that you do that you lose you know, you lose all your money. You're just moving up and down like an evil spirit. And then, you know. But a woman carries something that distorts her fine girl and she starts to grow. She starts to grow. She's very big. And she learns patience. And because we are not like that, we don't understand. If it doesn't happen in three months, I, that's why God didn't give us that ability. This world would have ended. 
that men need to learn patience. And I say this to you because as God is proclaiming over our lives, one of the things he's doing is giving us the confidence to be patient. But you have to be able to enter a plane, walk through first class, business class, respectfully, see your classmate there. How you doing, Chinadu? Enjoy your flight. They serve you nice wine. Back. You sit on your seat in economy. Possess it with patience. With honor. Sing hymns. Learn how to make an economy seat comfortable. But no. Because even fast food has been prepared. That's why it's fast. You go there, there's fast food. They've done some work. As I was preparing for this, there's a guy here. I'm not sure who you are. God said to me, I wrote it down, that you need to take your car, sell it, and go and honor your mother. I don't know what that transaction, you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know. Your mom, I don't know what, what your mom and you have done, but you, you would know. Holy Spirit. Um, guys, I pray in the name of Jesus that nobody here will, so because of rape, it's come, it's come to the fore in the last couple of months. It's part of our culture. See, rape is, is a devilish thing. A devilish thing. And if you have ever been involved in it before, I pray that you will understand that God's mercy is available. Of, that we would culture ourselves as people who understand God's work. You are not supposed to have sex until you get married. And even then, only with the person you are married to. <laughs> and the ability to moderate, postpone, manage your sexual gratification is a big training exercise for men. Sometimes women say, oh, look, how do I know that my husband will not cheat? One of the things that will help you is to make sure you have no, don't sleep with him before you get married. Train him, yeah? Train yourselves to obey God's instruction. Maybe we'll come to the PSG, we kiss you. Not this thing, this is not, you can't. Okay. When you marry, you can take three months. You must be kissing I took I'm on sabbatical. Why are you sabbatical? Three months. Oh, we're just kissing now. That's fine. But this is why you're stealing kisses at the back of the, the church. Yeah, it now breaks your heart after that. And I, and I kissed him. Yes. <laughs> but, guys, um, so next week I'll talk about roles and then the upper week perhaps I'll talk if God permits me about women. But I sense that there's a generation of men that really do need to let God proclaim over their lives. Who need to understand that that which Adam battled with, this that the ground will not produce for you, that in God there is redemption. That those miracles that the disciples would see, where they will have a catch that the Bible says the nets would be breaking. They would call other people partners. And then, even then, you know, God wanted to show them, guys, look, that which Adam could not do with strength, 
I'm able. So I know that there are guys who are struggling today who don't have jobs. God is saying, let the power of the Holy Spirit come on you. There's someone who is pursuing measurements that men have made for you. Someone who is waiting on their father's approval. God is saying, you need to do your part, but it's a two-way street. Yeah, I think, I think I've said what, what someone needs to Someone, you need to build a 10-year plan for your life. The plan you have for your life is not long enough currently to reflect what God wants to do. Read through scripture. It's hard. You know, we, 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 we like it when we talk about God who does things suddenly. But he doesn't always do it like that. Our Father, we thank you. Today, if you do not mind. Yeah. And thank you so much, ladies, for hearing us talk about this. If you do not mind, I'd like us to just pray. Um, you like us to just pray us to pray Holy Spirit thank you because you are here thank you because you are speaking to a young man who's all frustrated and all broken Lord Father thank you because of that person who you are embracing you can actually you can, you can actually feel God embracing you you're a young man here you can literally feel God embracing you Thank you for that man who's been bashed into a corner of drugs. Thank you for that person who said, my life doesn't count. My life will not count, Father. I pray that they would hear you clearly proclaiming over their lives, declaring that this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. God, that should be enough as a starting point. As a starting point. As a starting point. Lord, thank you for that man who said, Lord, I've, I've toiled all night says he knows he says that was a conversation that he was having with Adam that look this challenge of disobedience it, it makes things difficult and he says for men I know that your area of fulfillment and fruitfulness in things you do he says but he says when I send Jesus there's redemptive capacity there so that's why Jesus was always telling the disciples if we do this thing the way God has asked us to do it we attend unto his work we build our spirit we, he says you will not lack you will not lack I like us to just pray in the spirit all over this place for a minute or so. I like us to just pray in the spirit. When we pray in the spirit, we just allow the Holy Spirit to pray through us. As we pray in the Spirit, God is giving someone practical expressions of love that you need to, I don't know whether it's for your son, I don't know whether it's for your husband, for your brother, things that you need to, I don't know, there are proclamations that are happening in this place. Oh, 
God is saying the brand you drive does not matter. He says the brand you wear does not matter. I don't know who you are as a man. God is saying the brand you wear, the brand you drive. He says it does not matter. I don't know who it is. Would you speak to your sons in this place? Will they hear this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased? This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Chris is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Shinedu is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. That when men say, Whose son are you? that you can say my father is the one who owns the cattle upon a thousand hills that the silver is his the gold is his that though it may not appear as we offer God is looking for men who would worship God is looking for men who would pray God is looking for men who would grow things, men who would have patience and faith to inherit promises, men who are unashamed to be Christians. God is looking for Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who would say we would not partake of the food on the king's table. God says, I want to answer that question in your heart. Am I a man? I want to answer that question in your heart about fulfillment. You are not a man by mystique. You are not a man by mystique. You may have been born anything else, but you are not a man by mystique. Someone is saying, I have toiled all night. Is it Pierre? You don't understand. I have toiled all night. I understand. I've been there. And God understands. He's been there. I don't know who you are. You say, I have toiled all night. He says, I have caught nothing. He says, Pierre, my, my nets are empty. He says, What do you see? He's a screen saver. He says, My nets are empty. Would you put yourself in a place where you can hear Jesus? Would you put yourself in a place where you can hear Jesus? Would you put yourself in a place where you can hear Jesus? Would you put yourself in a place where you can hear Jesus? There's a man here, you have no participation in the work of God. And God is saying, don't you see? That is, this is a big order. It's a big new thing I'm doing on the earth. It says, this is, it says, Adam, they messed up the first one. It says, but I've created a whole brand new thing where we plant things and they grow, where we speak things and they come to pass, where we name things and they come to pass. A new level of dominion. He says, don't you see? Don't you see? Ah, I says, you will no longer fish for fish. He says, I will make you fishers of men. God is saying, there's a new work I'm doing on the earth, man. There's a new work I'm doing on the earth. I want you to participate in it. May I ask, please, with all due respect, may I ask all the men in this house to please stand. May I ask all the men in this house to please stand. 
May I ask our mothers, as the men pray the Spirit, may I ask our sisters, our mothers, may I ask our wives, may I ask our friends to please pray for us. And it's it's not, it's and say what of us, but don't, I, I, I just ask that we do as the Holy Spirit will lead us in this season. Because there's a young man who is standing, whose, whose, whose heart has been, has been, there's scars of violence. If you're close to anybody who is standing, would you please just just touch them lightly as we pray? Amen. God, and there are miracles happening in this place as we pray for men today. Mandele bogosh kaleba ribragadash kare progodosh e makalaba rabraba ribraba baba baba baye kareba ah mandele boshana magaraba sarabosh there are proclamations happening in this place as we pray today e makareba men would you worship God rabosa kareba rabarebosh ah someone God is changing your name I don't know who you are but you can hear the new name marabakare. Hey, Kapona Hara, Israel, Mare Bagaya Karebo Sana Magara. He says, Abraham, you will no longer be called Abraham. Hey, you will no longer be called Abraham. Abraham, someone God is changing names. Hey, Mandalaba Rebo Kopo Rebragadaba Shara. Would you pray for them? Would you pray for them? Would you pray for them? Would you pray healing in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? Would you pray for anywhere that fear had beat them down, failure had beat them down, when they had toiled all night and caught nothing? The Bible says Christ in us is the hope of glory, that there will be a manifestation of Jesus. Hey, Kapona Makalaba, would you pray that there will be men of prayer? Men of prayer, men who will not be deceived or disconnected. Elisha says, I'm the only one, I'm tired, I'm running. But God says, There are 7,000 other ones. Would you pray for their eyes? Will see their teachers, they will see their fathers in the name of the Lord Jesus. Would you pray that they will hear, This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased? And when they stand up in the morning, that they will stand up with confidence that comes from heaven in the name of the Lord Jesus. Would you pray that they are faithful growers? Pray for mercy, pray for mercy, pray for mercy, pray for mercy in this house. Pray for mercy, pray for mercy, pray for mercy, pray for mercy. Yeah, hey, God is calling generals. Hey. It says before I, before you were born in your mother's womb, I knew you. May we all rise. May we all rise. If you can use anything, Lord, 
you can use me. It's an old song. I'm not sure if you, if you know it. But I'd like us to just sing that song once or twice as a church. Everybody. their stories will be told for generations men who will be faithful husbands men who will be capable fathers loving fathers <laughs> I declare Lord God that we've moved from the order of Adam into the order of Jesus yeah? so no longer shall, we, shall, shall it be difficult to work and bring forth we declare men in this house are fruitful in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ Lord God, we will not put our hands to crime. We will not put our hands to, to falsehood. We will not put our hands to fraud. We will honor you in our choices, in our thoughts, in our works, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We declare men in this house are proud ambassadors of Jesus. We declare we are leaders in our generation. Our Father, we give you thanks. Our Father, we give you thanks. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.